Happy 73rd to the boss, Bruce Springsteen, as we get going here on Sports Talk today. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Oh, we're excited about our first two guests here. It's going to be a busy day in the Lubingo Studios. we got guests galore, starting it off with the one and only Oscar Arrieta, who brought a, a friend of his with him. He brought a hometown hero with him uh, today on the show to start things off. Oh, I saw that, and we're going to get to that in a moment. Uh, Oscar, welcome back. Good to see you. How you doing? Hey, pretty good, Steve. How about yourself? Uh, I'm ready for some football tonight. Oh, we're three man. hours away from game day. It's game Part- time. Game That's time. right. We need a win. Hey, you brought somebody here. Yes. Uh, it's a special guest. Why don't you introduce him for us? He's, he's going to be our hometown hero tonight. Well, today we're going uh, uh, to do something special for this. Uh, we brought him all the way from Dallas. Uh, his name is Babe Laufenberg. I've heard of him. Yeah, of course you have. Uh, you know, he's a broadcaster out there, a former Dallas Cowboy player. That's right. And he's the main voice of the Cowboys. I feel he, like I'm a piece of seafood, Steve, flown in fresh daily. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, you're lobster, right? I love you're lobster. It, yes. That's exactly. Hey, by the way, nice photo you tweeted out with you and, and Springsteen. People are wondering the story behind that photo because you're both, uh, you know, a few years ago, a little younger. Uh, yeah. Tell yeah. us the tell us the story behind how you and uh, and, and Bruce uh, got together for a photo. Well, if anyone is listening, you can go to at Babe Laufenberg, which is my Twitter, and uh, you can see the photo. That's but, right. I was down in Cabo San Lucas when Cabo San Lucas was just a sleepy fishing village. There was there was nothing down there. No American hotels. Matter of fact, when no Kardashians. You, no Kardashians, no nothing. Was it before Sammy Hagar? Because he made before Cabo oh, Bay. way before. Okay. Yep. Yep. And wow. uh so I'm down there. What was funny was so that we're in a, if you see the photo, we're in it's an open air uh kind of reception area and then we're at the circular drive. Right. But if you were if you went to reserve a room there, and, and again it was a Mexican hotel, I cannot think of the name of it, but uh, there were no American hotels down there. You had to send your money uh, via like telegraph. <laughs> I like that's, this. That's like how you this. booked your reservation. This is pre-internet, pre-online. Pre-everything. So, yeah. Anyway, go down there. It was the first time I was down there. A friend of mine, I found out later. Told Bruce Springsteen. Now, I've, I've been a Springsteen fan. He's my number one guy. Nice. Been a Springsteen fan forever. Uh, probably seen him close to 100 times. I Have you I, really? Yeah, haven't added it up, but so Springsteen, let me say this. Yes. More than 50. Wow. More okay. than 50. So it's Springsteen and everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so we, we're, I'm like, that's Bruce Springsteen over there, you know. <laughs> and I come to find out that one of the uh, guys working there, kind of a bellhop, if you will, um, told Bruce, hey, that guy plays in the NFL. That guy's an American football player. You may want to introduce yourself. <laughs> Having no idea who Bruce Springsteen was. Wow. That's <laughs> hilarious. So, so we get there, and if you see the photo, uh, we both got our arms around each other. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're sit, we sit down, and I, I, I said, hey, I don't want to bother you. Big fan. And my buddy had a camera. Keep in mind, we didn't have phones at mm-hmm. that time. But, you know, went down on this trip, and so you tend to have a – yeah, a camera for vacation. Right, right, right. So we, Bruce says, sure. And again, we were the only people there. There was nobody else around, nobody. And uh, anyway, we sit down. My friend says, hey, put your arm around him to me. And I was just like, take the damn picture. You know, I want to get this out. <laughs> so he says, put your arm around him. And Bruce puts his arm around me. That's awesome. And, he, uh, thought you were ta- he thought that you were, he was talking to Bruce yeah, instead of to you. Uh, yeah. and, you know. He's the boss. And That's yet right. He did what he was told. So oh anyway, my God. got that great picture. And uh, my friends make fun of me because 
it's kind of up in different spots in my house, in the bedroom, it's in the game room. But they're different sizes and different angles, and but it's all one picture. Oh. But the one is like vertical, one is horizontal. and uh, But yeah. anyway, it was a lot of fun. And happy, you, happy birthday to Bruce. Did you get to spend any time with him after that photo? Was that the only time with him? No, no, that was it. We, we talked, uh, I mean, briefly, briefly sure. about fishing. I said, oh, how'd you do? And he said, uh, cut a couple guppies. Nice. Uh, was so, this uh, right around born in the USA, or was it a little yeah, after that? It was 1986. Okay, a couple of years was, after that. He was huge. Yeah. He was huge. He was huge to everybody but the guy who worked at the hotel. That's on. <laughs> who, who told Bruce, oh, you got to meet that guy. <laughs> of course, he had no idea who my name was in or 80s, what my name was. In, who, you, who you played for in 86? Uh, Washington. Okay. Yeah. Did you, did it the go for you? commanders. I don't want to say. Did it go to yeah. you? Was it Washington, Dallas, then the Chargers? No. Dallas were uh, Dallas were my last two years. I was in San San Diego, yep. Chargers. Right. <laughs> I, it's funny. I once upon a time played for the Washington Redskins. I played for the San Diego Chargers. Everybody. All these defunct cities. That's yeah, right. I, I think Dallas will always be the Dallas Cowboys, though. We're pretty sure of that. Yeah, they have to. I love that. What a great story to start us yeah. off. That's good go. stuff. Uh, by the way, I tried to get Springsteen tickets uh, for the Dallas show this time around. Pff, unless I had six grand yeah. wedding. T- it was unbelievable how expensive those tickets have become. What do they call it now? Dynamic pricing? Yes. So, yes. yeah. And that's a shame. That's code for you have no chance. Right. Right. So, <laughs> it's a shame. It is. I agree with you. Well, good for you. I'm happy you're back in town. And, Oscar, I'm happy that we've got Babe here. It's terrific because this is going to be part of the fun tonight as the Miners yeah. get ready to battle Boise State at 7 o'clock. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a... You know, we're honored and privileged that uh, Babe accepted. And, you know, we were we, we had been talking about a month and immediately, I mean, Babe is, I mean, I have, you're so humble and you're, you're always out there and you are a true hometown hero. Well, I don't know if I'm a hero. Uh, Luke was, my son, yes. but uh, I'm honored to be here. I really am. And I've said it to anybody that will listen. Uh, the people of El Paso have been so great and the city is really so welcoming. And it's been a fantastic association. I, I said when Luke came out here, uh, you know, to play for Coach Dimmel after his cancer was in remission, he built himself back up and all that. And uh, just visiting here, I'd, I'd never actually stayed in El Paso. Like a lot of people had driven through on my way to California, mm-hmm. whatever. But uh, w- once I was here and I sat in Coach Dimmel's office with Luke and Coach Dimmel talked and we were in town here for a couple of days, I just thought, I said, this, this is a good place for him to be. It's a good city for him to be, and it's a good coach to play for. And uh, I don't think I was wrong on either count. No. No, I'm with you. And the relationship to is so, it's so good, so strong. And, and not only that, uh, just the legacy that you've uh, been able to do now, really with your son, with the football program, the fundraisers you've done in Dallas, and, and ultimately now the scholarship fund that's going to live forever. That's the, it's the ultimate tribute to a person and, and their memory, that's for sure. Well, the nicest thing was, I, I think about, what we have done with the, the, the school and the university and the football program is we have built a nutrition station, the Lute Laufenberg Fight Station, mm-hmm. all been funded through donations and through our fundraiser. And uh, the, the best thing to me is it benefits every player. Mm-hmm. Scholarship otherwise, they all get a protein shake. They've got now, hey, we, we're getting a little more money in. So now they're able to get sandwiches and, nice. and uh you know, nutrition bars and things like that. And I hope to keep expanding it. Now we, we bought a couple of freezers. 
but they've got ice cream in there. So That's good. <laughs> we, and, I, and I was there with you about a month ago or so. We were here and before the first game, and we got to watch the workouts and then the shakes after that. You, tried, right. yep. you tried that protein shake as well. And had to, Listen, that's the first time you've tried it, so you've got to make sure you know exactly what these guys are getting. Yeah. Well, and I didn't deserve one, though, because uh, you know they all are expending a lot of calories, right? They are. And I am not. I just walked in and had one, and I thought, you know, maybe I'll just get a small one. <laughs> but no, it's, it's great. And actually... His brother, Luke's brother, Joe Willie, was the one that came up with the idea for the, for the nutrition station. Originally, we were going to fund a scholarship and then kind of decided, hey, let's do something that will help you know, each player. And again, including walk-ons. Mm-hmm. Luke himself was a preferred walk-on at Texas A&M yep. uh, his freshman year. So we wanted to do something, again, that would benefit. So after every uh, workout, whether it's spring, summer, fall, uh, every player can go in after their workout, which whatever that workout may be, obviously a lot of running in the summer and lifting. Now you're talking more practice, but uh, they all get in there and get a protein shake and whatever else. I love that. Uh, Oscar, you've been doing the hometown hero now for a while. Uh, tell me a little bit about what made you decide to want to get involved with UTEP and your agency and, and really bringing different uh, individuals in to, to showcase them for each game as a hometown hero. Well, I think Babe uh, hit the nail in the coffin um, the, the El Paso community, I think it's, I, I believe in my heart that it's the best in, in the U S, um, the community just gets together. It's, and there's so many heroes here that sometimes they, um, we don't broadcast them. And this started a few years ago, uh, with a group of Allstate agents and it started to dwindle, but I believed a lot into it. And I said, you know what? I want to keep going on it. And we've been doing it. Uh, for about eight years or so. So I, I, I like to showcase uh, hometown heroes. And, you know, Babe is, but uh, a local uh, hometown hero, even though he's from Dallas. And But I, you know, he, he talked about Luke. And Luke is really the hometown hero. But, you know, the parents um, are the ones that, uh, you know, guided him. And, you know, the, the, the humility and who he is, who Luke was, is it's a... Uh, there, it's a mirror of Babe and his wife. Well, no, and, let me and, that's, just say, and that's a great point that Oscar. We never talked about that. We've never talked about that in all the conversations about Luke we've had in the past. Is really you and your wife, the upbringing, and what he embodied as far as the two of you. Well, the, just to clarify, she is now an ex-wife. But okay, no, we're, we're we're friends. I've known her since high school. We 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 talk it almost every day or yeah. text or so. Uh, yeah, that. It's nothing acrimonious between the two of us, but uh, and certainly we went through the struggle together uh, with Luke. You know, a lot of nights in the hospital, yeah. a lot of a lot of care when he got home. Uh, ironically, um, Joan, his mom, uh, she was a nurse practitioner, is a nurse practitioner, but she was a, a nurse practitioner at Children's Hospital in the pediatric oncology, where Luke was ultimately treated. So wow. she knew all these doctors. She, mm-hmm. she, she knew everything. And it was fortunate for me because the doctors would come in and uh, to the hospital room there and say his A&C number was this, his white cell count was this, and I'd just nod my head. And then I'd turn to Joan and say, okay, is, is that good news or bad news? Because <laughs> yeah. she, she, she would tell she, you there was she, I would, Yeah. There, so she was... Uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say an invaluable resource, but uh, ha- with her having her <laughs> her degree in pediatric oncology and sure. as a nurse practitioner and working at that very same hospital, um, made it, I, I guess, a little easier than it would have been otherwise. 
And talking about about the upbringing, I love uh, uh, Babe wears this bracelet, and it's the hashtag, and it's uh, live like Nuke, uh, Luke. Right. That's a that's 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 impactful, and I think uh, um, we should all live like Luke. So, well, and it's it's a it's a great honor for to have you and to promote this foundation. And I must say, um, I did not come up with the live like Luke. It was a friend of his who kind of gave these out, made them for kind of Luke's friends and that friend group, if you will. And um, she gave me one, and I said, God, I love those. And there, there, we had a ton of people wearing them. Uh, as a matter of fact, we were talking, uh, we had a Rams fan, and uh, Kevin Carberry is the offensive line coach for the Rams. And when you, if you see him in photos after the Super Bowl, he's got his hashtag live like mm. Luke band on. And That's so, really cool. And, and again, that was a friend of his, and uh, – but it was very, yeah, very cool, and uh, a hashtag Twitter when I post something on him. So the the Live Like Luke kind of speaks for itself. You want to learn more, by the way, about the uh, foundation, you can go to riseup915.com. It'll tell you all about the Luke Laufenberg Fight Excellence Fund and what Oscar does here uh, throughout the course of the yeah, season. Yeah, and also you can click on it, and it'll take you directly so you can make some donations. And I want to... You know, tonight we will present uh, from uh, the Oscar Arietas agencies, we will be donating $1,000 to the Live Like Nuke Foundation. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, yeah, you can go on, uh, uh, anybody listening, and yep. <laughs> yes. hit the website, and it's pretty easy to navigate your way through. Fantastic. It's riseup915.com. All right, we're going to come back more with Oscar, uh, more with Babe as we continue. Quarter pass, let's go to Charlie One, get this traffic update. Let's talk. Back with Oscar Arietta. Babe Laufenberg tonight. Oscar is going to honor Babe and the Luke Laufenberg Fight Excellence Fund as the hometown hero. That's going to be happening during the first half, I believe. First half? of the second quarter. Second quarter. Fantastic. Hopefully we got a lead at that time. I am hoping so. (laughs) And zero turnovers. That would be nice, too. Uh, You were here for the the, uh, North Texas game. I was. I was. uh, Now you're back, which is awesome. I'm back, and I've watched, I believe I've watched every game this year on either streaming uh, and I listened to Teich listened to John Teicher on the uh, radio I kind of got them both going good and then I listened to Adrian I just told him you know it's so funny uh, Adrian brought us here I, yeah. I follow him on Twitter because obviously he tweets a lot of UTEP stuff and I think he follows me but I'm not sure of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I hope so All but right. uh, so it was nice to meet him and then I listen I do listen to the to the post game show after uh, they finish up on the the radio and Teich finishes up that and so I always like to listen to Coach Dimmel's presser after and all that good stuff. You're a UTEP super fan because of what has happened over the years with Luke. You are absolutely yeah. 100%. Yes. Well, this was, you know, this was kind of his school, even though he'd been here, he was here for three months, three and a half months, but uh, formed, a, formed a, you know, great relationship with uh, Coach Dimmel. Absolutely. And just what he has done is above and beyond with the Luke decal still being on the, the back of the helmet and he wears Luke on the back of his hat and. Uh, the number two, I mean, last couple of years it was Justin Garrett wearing two with Laufenberg across the back of the jersey, and now it's Gavin Hardison. And it, Again, I thought it would be one of those things which would be totally acceptable. Yep. You know, we'll, we'll do something at halftime, we'll wear a sticker for a year, and then we'll kind of go about our ways. And I, Even that would have been tremendous. But to, to sit here three years later and him still, really, I, I, I feel like, He's a part of the program still, and I know he's looking down. And uh, it's it's great. Coach Simmons, the offensive line coach, will text me. He'll 
be on the field and take a picture of the Live Like Luke wristband, which he wears, and he'll say, hey, Luke's with us. And I said, well, That's awesome. Let's go get him. So it's been a tremendous relationship. How great is it that uh, Jacob Cowings wore that number two this oh, year yeah. at the University of Arizona and off to a great start himself? Oh, killing it, killing it. And he had asked me, he was going to wear two here, and then obviously he went into the transfer portal, went to Arizona, and he had asked me, hey, do you, do you mind if I wear two at Arizona? And I said, be honored, absolutely. So, uh, and then he, he had a, boy, like a three-touchdown, 158 game against uh, San Diego State. Monster. <laughs> right yeah, off the bat. Right. And, so I did get to watch him last week, too. They played, ah, gosh, Arizona had North Dakota State. And no catches in the first half. Then he came back and had five in the second and touchdown. whole time I'm watching a game, I'm saying, hey, let's get this ball to Jacob Cowing. And they finally did. And then they ended up winning. Yeah. Now, he's been, he's been sensational yeah. as a college athlete. He is and, a good uh, player. I no hate doubt, it. No I will tell you, I hated to see him leave. Yes. Because yeah. he was a dynamic player. Don't even get us started about that. Okay, I won't. The, uh, I yes, won't. The same exact boat. Well, but I do know he went back home and he has a child, and I, I could understand it. And I told him, certainly, I said, I hate to lose you, but I'll, I'll still be it. supporting you. There you go. He's a UTEP at heart still. Yeah, That's right. He really is. Uh, Miners and Boise kick off tonight at 7 o'clock. And again, um, uh, Babe will be honored by Oscar here during the second quarter as the hometown hero. No, I must. I don't mean to cut you off, but Luke will be honored. You're the representative. I'm accepting you on behalf, on behalf of, of the yeah. foundation. Has that's, nothing a good way, to do. that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, it has so, nothing yes. to do with me. That's you know true. how the, you get an Academy Award and the guy doesn't show up or whatever, and they say accepting the award on behalf of Marlon Brando? Yes. yes. <laughs> that's me. I'm Fair accepting enough. the award. Fair enough. On behalf um, of the family. How I about love that? that. Joe Willie, yes. his mom, Joan. That's yeah. nice. It stays in the family. That, that's right. How's Joe Willie doing, by the way? Uh, he's doing good. Living in Denver. Um, he, he came for the UNT game and... Uh, I was going to get him down here. He had such a mess, like most people, trying to get back. I think it was five hours at the airport on the Sunday after the UNT yeah. game, and so I didn't want to make him go through that again. But yep. uh, he, he follows it. He watches. We text during the game, and, you know, we, we kind of trade just like any anybody, right? Like you've almost like you've got your fantasy team, and you're texting your fantasy partner going, hey. So That's, that's what right. you – that's where you say – Thank goodness for technology. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's immediate. It's immediate. It really is. You know, play happens. Boom. Yeah. You're on that text back and forth. And That's right. Uh, after the game, you're off. You're uh, back to Dallas. You're going to be flying out on Sunday to, uh, with the team to go to New York for Correct. the big Monday night game, Cowboys-Giants. Uh, a lot of talk after what Cooper Rush did uh, last week. A lot of Cowboy fans are breathing a sigh of relief. They realize that the team is uh, is in good hands right now while Dak recovers. And, hey, uh, that's all you need from Cooper Rush, isn't it? Uh, uh, just to give you the kind of production like he did last week in the victory over Cincinnati. Uh, absolutely. And that, let me ask you this, Steve. Do you have a supermarket sponsor of this show? We need one. You don't have one? No, we okay. need one. Okay, because I didn't want to offend the sponsor that it is. But as I said, you know, I was talking to Oscar, and I was on the air last week pregame, and I said, um, I said, it's not like Cooper Rush won a contest at Albertsons where <laughs> they said, hey, you know, we pick you. You get to be quarterback for a day. You get to play against Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> I said, he, he's been doing this all his life. He had yep. 43 starts in college. He's been here. He's been in the NFL Seven years. We just haven't seen him, right? And, That's true. Uh, 2-0 now as a starter. I'll give you another quick one. I, I posted it. I know you follow me on Twitter, but I don't expect everybody to see every tweet. But uh, he, he is one of four quarterbacks to have game-winning drives in each of his first two starts. So last year against Minnesota, they had to come from behind. This year, they were tied. So a game-winning uh, game field goal deal is uh, tied or behind 
in the fourth quarter. Right. And if it's the last score, which he he's done twice now. There's been uh, I think it's only happened four other, three other times have quarterbacks <laughs> started their their yeah. first two games and had come from behind victories in both of them. When you watch him play, what immediately kind of jumps out to you in terms of his in terms of his skill set? Well, it's funny because and it's a great question. He doesn't wow you. You don't go out and watch him throw a football and say, oh, my goodness, that's different. Where, let me just say, I was <laughs> Cowboys practiced against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers for a couple of days in Irvine, California during training camp. And you look at Justin Herbert and you just say, wow, hmm. wow. Not just the size, not just the 6'6 six, six size, but the, whole, the whole package. The package, the yeah, size, yeah. the ball comes out of his hand smoothly. It just jumps out of his hand. I mean, it's out of, out of his hand and on the receiver like that. And you're like, whew, that I mean, I've seen that before, but I was like, that that's a little different. You don't look at Cooper, and you're not wowed by the size. He's not fast. You're not wowed by the arm strength, and yet there's a lot of ways to get it done. Um, he's mentally I, strong. He's yeah, he's, he's handled it he very well. Like a- and uh, what's interesting is, you know, at the end of their careers, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, they probably couldn't throw the ball 50 yards. Gavin Hardison probably can throw it 70. Mm-hmm. But they were, they were still great quarterbacks. They were still effective. My point being, you can get it done a lot of different ways. So you don't have to have, be that wow guy. It's nice and it's good for highlights, right? It is. <laughs> but uh, but you, can, you can manage a game, operate it, and I think he's done, a, obviously, a really good job with that. And, and I think the other thing that's important is I, I was kind of getting sick of backups coming in here for a year. You get a guy for a year, then you're training another guy, then you're training another guy. So – even if your guy isn't as talented, if he's been in your offense for two, three, four, five years, makes a makes a world of difference than a guy coming in and trying to learn it. And you you, you probably remember Matt Castle coming mm-hmm. in midseason that sure. start. It, it it's not like a lot of position. It's not like a kicker where all I got to do is a guy's going to put the ball on the ground and I'm going to kick it through. To know all the nuances of the offense, you really have to be in it for a year or two. Absolutely. But as far as Castle goes, when you grew up in that uh, New England system that was doing so many good things, it seemed like every backup quarterback to Brady for about a decade was able to parlay that free agency into a nice paycheck as sure. a starting quarterback someplace mm-hmm. else. Including Jimmy Garoppolo. That's right. And look at <laughs> and, yeah, you think San Francisco is thrilled that they didn't uh, trade him right uh, now? Uh, that, that was a wild training camp, if you will, that Jimmy Garoppolo is there. He's working out, but he's working out on another field. And he's not, he's not throwing to 49ers. He's throwing to ball boys. And, you know, and I, I just can't imagine, okay, I'm here with my other 79 guys. Yeah. I'm Trey Lance, and I'm looking over at the field, and there's the guy who has been the starter, <laughs> who has done quite well. Yep. And he's, took him to the Super Bowl. Took him to the Super Bowl. Took him to an NFC Championship game. All that. And, uh, and then – Lo and behold, obviously Trey Lance gets hurt, and you know that guy that was on the field the other day over there. Bring him onto this field, incredible, because <laughs> he's know. starting for the rest of the year. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Before I wrap it up with you, yeah. uh, the Monday night game against the Giants. Yep. Nobody thought the Giants would be two and zero right now. Yeah, and they're still not a great team. Right. I, I mean, kind of looked at them on film, and they beat Carolina, and I think their two wins are by a combined total of four points. And now, bottom line in the NFL is win. Doesn't win's matter. A win. Yeah, they, they don't ask you by how many, they just ask you how. And at the end of the year, I always say they, they total up that column on the left and they total up the column on the right. And they, mm-hmm. You find out if you're in the playoffs. So, uh, they, you know, give them credit for winning. Uh, I did see, and I usually 
don't even know the line, or many times I don't know what the line is, but I did see their Giants are favored up there, and I cannot remember the last time yeah. the Giants were favored. I don't know if we have to go back to Lawrence Taylor. We probably don't have to go back that far, but... It's been a while, though. Cowboys have won nine in the last ten uh, against New York, and they really dominated the series, but New York has been very bad the last two years. And I know, Steve, that you're a big Jets fan. I am. And, you know, my son, Joe Willie, is named after Joe Willie Namath. I do. But the Jets and the Giants, coming into this season, they were tied for the worst record over the last two years. So the the two worst teams in the NFL in the last two years, yep. 19, or excuse me, 2020 and 2021, play in the same damn stadium. You know, at least if you lived in New York, you got one, you got two teams, so at least you can go to one game and say, well, this team isn't any good, but this team, I'll go see their games. You got the two worst teams in the NFL. Let's see if <laughs> either of them uh, stay out of last place at the end of the season. That's going to be the interesting thing, too. So yeah. off to a nice little start. Let's see if it lasts. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, Cowboys got to win. They you know, do. I'm a big Cowboy fan, so that's a, they don't have a double to win. blessing having Babe and talking about Cowboys. Uh, that's great. And, and they don't have to win, but you'd like him to win. Ask yes. How's Dak? Is Dak, uh, you think he's going to get relatively quick recovery when he gets back? Well, I, I know no more than you know. You but do. what's funny is, no, not about the thumb. I mean, Dak is going to determine when he's going to come back. It's not going to be a doctor. It's not going to be the co- a coach. It's not going to be anybody other than Dak. And the three of us, Oscar, Steve, me, we can go out and watch him throw. We can just If we go out to practice, they won't let us. Watch mm-hmm. him throw. We'll say, okay, he's ready. Ball comes out wobbly. We'll say the thumb isn't ready. So yeah. that that's going to determine. You know, if he can spin it, good to go. If he can't, you don't play him. And, again, it's it, there's no secret sauce or magic formula to that. It's just going to be can he grip a football with that thumb. And, uh, you know, again, Dak will, be, Dak will be the determining factor. There's no sense in, you know, if you're 80% on an ankle or whatnot, you can maybe still get out and play. If your thumb isn't ready to throw, yep. you're not ready to play. Yeah. Makes sense. All right, listen, have a great call uh, okay. on Monday are, night. Hey, are you coming out tonight to the game? Um, no? I have a 40th birthday party that I committed to for a good friend of ours who's having his party tonight. I will be probably following the game very closely, okay. listening to it uh, on our app, and hopefully getting a chance to uh, maybe maybe to have it at uh, the bar we're going to be at uh, on the west side of town, which would be nice. Well, so. let me tell you, kick off at 7, probably right. finish around 10. I'll come over afterward. I got nothing to do. Good. I'll text you the address. Uh, <laughs> I, we'll be here until midnight. So I have just, a good time. I just invited myself. My, I like that. You my, like cowboy? You like cowboy bars? I, I'd like any bar. Then you'll be ready to go. I'll buy like a, you bar. come. I'll buy you a drink. I love it. I love awesome. it. Awesome. Great Thank stuff. You. you got it, babe. Oscar. Great to see you again. The website riseup915.com. Yes, and that's our motto for this year. So it's awesome. So uh, I I invite all the listeners to go in, tap in, and. Donate something, you know, whatever. We're not asking to donate a million dollars, but if you want to, go ahead. <laughs> You're not going to say no. That's <laughs> exactly. Good so. job. All right. Great to see you guys both. Thanks for being Thank here, you, and uh, have fun tonight at the football game. We will. Thank awesome. you, Steve. You got it. Babe Laufenberg along with Oscar Adietta. Bottom of the hour. Let's go to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. 43 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Our thanks again to uh, Oscar Adietta, Babe Laufenberg, for dropping by the 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios. A lot of good material up this week. Five keys to beating Boise State. UTEP Zay has got that up on the website. Adrian put up the uh, Football Friday Night uh, schedule and district standings. 
That's a good read as well. And uh, there's some fun games. Battle of the Claw tonight yeah. for you high school fans. It's Steve, El Paso High. I mean, this is like, sound the alarms. El Paso High is 3-0. and That's huge. This is like really big stuff. And credit to uh, head coach Ray Aguilar Jr. and what he's done with El Paso High. Now, I know that in the previous win when they had against, uh, I believe it was Hanks, uh, they've been out for uh, a week. Mm-hmm. They had a bye week. Uh, they suffered uh, a little bit of injuries. But I-, I still think that they can hang their hat on the fact that they've uh, started off so hot on the year. And, hey, why can't they make the playoffs? That's, That's one right. of the big things for uh, El Paso High. This is still non-district play. There is an argument to be made that El Paso High could still find their way into the playoffs in a very competitive 5A D- Division Two. When was the last time the Tigers started off a season 3-0? and Now, I, I have zero clue, uh, no clue whatsoever. A- anytime I've been covering high school football, unfortunately for El Paso High, they've been uh, bottom-of-the-barrel kind of group. But this time around, they've started off red hot. Let's see what they can do tonight against a real tough Austin team, by the way, who um, you know is coming off a big win. They, they're they 1-3 on the year, so they're hungry for more victories under their belt. So Panthers are going to come in uh, you know, wanting to beat the, the Tigers in a big way. Man, Delvi Chapin's going to be a terrific game, too. Chapin, uh, the fact they're 0-3 is probably the biggest surprise of high school football this season in El Paso. Let's be honest, nobody expected that. Yeah, because they claimed a by-district title last year, I, although this year they come in uh, very young. It's a younger squad under head coach Ryan Warner. I, I'm not blaming them too much for what how they've started the season. I will say, Delvi, Steve, very tough. They beat Canyon Teal last week, yep. and they killed yep. them. And quarterback Jesse Ramos has been sharp for them all year long. Con- Quisadores, um, hey, they might be a district contender in that 5A Division One. Did you expect Bel Air to be 4-0 to start the year? No, I haven't, but I, I think – I'm not trying to say that's misleading. I would just say that uh, the schedule has really favored Bel Air early on. But, hey, credit to them. They've won all those games. They've uh, you know had a lot of success under their quarterback in Noah Moreno, who's uh, thrown for over 700 yards thus far into the season. So, Highlanders, who's to say they can't beat Jefferson, a good very point. good Jefferson team, on the road tonight in a, in a key non-district matchup? Yep, plus you got uh, also El Dorado Eastwood. That's going to be an interesting game. Uh, El Dorado's two and two. Eastwood is one and two. Although, let's be honest, Eastwood's played a very tough non-district schedule, and that that needs to be said when you talk about uh, ultimately one of the uh, preeminent teams in uh, high school football year after year. There are nine teams in Division One Six A or District One Six A, I should say, Steve. And you can maybe think Pebble Hills, Franklin; those are the top two teams of that district as of last night, since Eastlake defeated Americas in a very tightly contested matchup. Uh, the Falcons are probably that third team who can make the playoffs in 1-6-A. And then it's like a dogfight for that last playoff spot. Will it be Montwood, Americas? And that's what makes Eastwood versus El Dorado so important tonight. That might be a battle for that final playoff spot when it's all said and done. Uh, for the Troopers, I like their quarterback in Minjades. He's somebody yep. who has kind of come onto the scene and merged, and they have a standout receiver in Curtis Murillo. But uh, El Dorado Colorado's fun because they've got two brothers on their team, Quincy Estrada, the quarterback, and Ryan Estrada, the running back, who's just a freshman. Parkland Kenyatio is also having uh, their big battle. Um, what do we know about L.J. Martin's injury? 
Yeah, the, he is a game-time decision tonight uh, going against Parkland. This is a matchup year after year. I feel like the Eagles always uh, come out and bring their best games against the Matadors. But I don't know about tonight. Uh, if they are without LJ Martin, the Canteo Eagles will struggle. If uh, Parkland is full force, which it looks like they will be, they got DJ Crest Daniels, the Texas Tech uh, commit. He's a wide receiver. They got him back last week after being out a couple weeks due to a concussion, uh, and he's back now. He is such a tough player, but they really get a lot of production on the ground with their running back Isaiah Beasley. He's been a standout guy for them all year long. I think this one is contingent on whether or not LJ Martin plays for Canyon to you. Other games we want to mention as far as football goes, Coronado is uh, taking on uh, Pebble Hills tonight. We also uh, have Socorro at Franklin. Cathedral is at San Eli. You've got Anthony and Bowie tonight. Irvin and Clint plus uh, Horizon and Riverside, and uh, that pretty much rounds out uh, the list. A uh, good week of, of high school football games here in El Paso. Yeah, this is probably that last week when you're looking at the non-district matchups. Next week, it, everything really counts, and everything is uh, across the city of El Paso is really going to a- amp up once district play really kicks off. Uh, we st- we're starting to see kind of, hey, contenders, pretenders, who who's standing out, who still is struggling out of the gate. Uh, and it's going to be a fun way to see how this season winds down. We're, we're excited to be back in action next week, Football Friday night, the pregame game show and then following the El Paso Chihuahuas if they play next Friday uh, we'll have the recap show. Good point good good point. 48 pass as we continue here on Sports Talk. You want to talk about any of those matchups 505-6009 that is our telephone number 505-6009 Hey let's talk about our physical athletics uh, fitness tip of the day agent what do you have for us today? Yeah Steve I woke up today 4 in the morning Head went Woo. out to uh, I know I know uh, physical athletics on the far east side of El Paso and you know why I get up because it's the best place to start your fitness journey. Their tip of the day is uh, knowing the difference between discomfort and pain, which really helped me through my workout today. Don't push through pain. The goal is to improve your body when you work out, and if you push through pain, you risk the chances of injuring yourself even more, keeping you away from the activities that you enjoy. With physical athletics, you get three big things. Number one, you get access to a strength and conditioning specialist at all times. Number two, you get a personalized workout plan customized to how you're feeling and number three you get education on the best practices for nutrition fitness and your lifestyle physical athletics is now accepting new clients they've got athletes eight years old all the way up to the professional level and adults 20 to 80 years old of age for beginners and intermediate levels it's never too late to start your fitness journey started with physical athletics they've got two locations at joe battle and east lake you can get a free one-week trial and see what they're about by calling 915-996-4476 that's 915 996 4476 to get started with physical athletics. 10 in front of 5 as we continue here on Sports Talk. You can tweet the show 600 ESPN El Paso. That is 600 ESPN El Paso. Also, you can uh, join us by messaging us on our mobile app like Pinky did earlier in the hour. You can do the same. And uh, again, uh, our app is sponsored thanks to First American Bank Local since 1903. And uh, they've got our app sponsored, which gives you the chance to listen in live. You can chat in real time. You can call in while you're listening to the app. So many great features from First American Bank sponsoring the 600 ESPN El Paso app as uh, we continue on the show. Did you know, as we get ready for Rich Waltz in about 10 minutes, the uh, play-by-play voice of CBS Sports Network will be uh, televising the game tonight along with Aaron Taylor and Cherie Burris to give us the lowdown I did not realize that UTEP and Boise State 
have only faced off six times. This will be the seventh matchup in the history of these two football programs. It feels like it, they're not necessarily a rival when you look back to the WAC days, but it kind of felt like a little bit of a rivalry, just knowing that uh, during the Mike Price era, there were some really tightly contested battles. But I'm with you. I mean, only six times, and you consider they're going to be playing uh, number six and seven over the last two years. That's pretty surprising knowing these two teams were once uh, conference mates back in the WAC. Oh, my God. And by the way, how about this? Boise has never lost to UTEP in those six meetings. They are 6-0, and including 2-0 and on the road, 4-0 and at home. So if the uh, Miners were able to put a, a W together on the board, this would be the first time they have ever defeated Boise State. I would say that uh, that stat is not surprising whatsoever. Boise State is a, a great group of five team historically, and UTEP is not. And for Boise State, the closest matchup I can remember uh, was back in 2004. I mean, that was the winning season that Mike Price had. It was it was a back-and-forth game. Uh, there were so many fans at the Sun Bowl right there. I don't, I don't even remember the final score off the top of the head, but I do remember uh, what a tough matchup that was. And uh, a lot of fans, I remember after that game, I, I remember listening to minor talk after that one and uh, hearing how upset they were at the officiating in that Mm -hmm. 2004 loss. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, why does it seem like officiating is always a, um, I want to say a running joke when it comes to UTEP football, but when was the last time you could look at a close game and say, boy, the minors really got the benefit of the doubt on those calls? Yeah, seriously, and they were at home, so you'd think that they could maybe get some home cooking, but that was not the case at all. Uh, Boise State, just a just a, a really dominant program year after year, and um, the Miners, it's always fun to see whenever they get a chance to play Boise State. I hope they can play the future, Steve. That's one of the, my uh, thoughts as well, is I hope these two teams can link up. I know UTEP has sent out their schedule for the, the future. You know their schedule for the next five years, but I hope Boise State is, is in their plans uh, You know, in the foreseeable future. I would love that. I would love to see more another home and home, especially now. Here's the thing. Now that New Mexico State is going to be a rival starting next season, UTEP has a non-conference game they have to fill on their schedule that they never had to worry about prior to last year. So this opens up a, a date and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, when UTEP does put more future deals together, um, what happens. And not only that, I think if there was ever a time to put Boise back for another home and home, it's now because if you think about it, you have um, you have um, a former El Pasoan and UTEP uh, athletics member in the athletic department running the Boise State show. And that is something that is uh, so very cool because um, you've got Jim Center on one side and then uh, on the other end you have, um, you know, again, the relationship, which is so important because Jeremiah Dickey is your director of athletics for Boise right now. So if there's ever a time for Jeremiah and Jim to get together and make future matchups, it's right now. Yeah, I love the fact that there's a local tie there uh, with uh, Dickey. And I, f- I love the fact that he also came to town. Steve, oh, is yeah. here in El Paso. Oh, he's director of athletics. Would you expect him to miss this game? Come on, you know that. Well, I mean, I'm still saying that. That's awesome yeah. that he's here. Absolutely. It's terrific. And, and he's having a reunion. I was, I was wondering why his dad wasn't at our Little League game last night watching his grandson. It's because he was too busy with Jeremiah, who came into town. Oh, that's great. Hey, we'll come back. Up next, we're going to talk to Rich Waltz. 
play-by-play voice of CBS Sports Network. He'll be ready for the Sun Bowl game tonight as we continue. 600 ESPN El Paso. It's the start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplow. It's, well, tonight's the big one for the UTEP Miners, their uh, final non-conference football game as uh, they will get a chance to meet up with Boise State. The game, uh, in fact, uh, will be televised on CBS Sports Network, so some national coverage tonight with this man. He's the play-by-play voice of uh, CBS Sports Network here in El Paso. Rich Waltz is in town and excited to have him join us uh, prior to uh, tonight's uh, ball game. Rich, uh, welcome aboard, and uh, man, hopefully uh, El Paso's treating you right. You know, it's been a long time since I've been here, so I'm, I was excited when that game popped up on the schedule. I've never done a football game here, so uh, Sun Bowl Stadium is, is always looked so cool on television. And uh, walking through it yesterday and, and checking out the booth and the field was really cool. It, it's just a, I, uh, everything I thought it was. You know, sometimes you grow up watching uh, games and venues and then when you step in that venue, you say, oh, it looks nothing like it does on TV, but this does. I mean, the, the, just the, you know, the, the kind of the rock mountains and the, the setting, uh, very cool. So excited to do that. Last time I was here was way back in the 90s doing a uh, college basketball game. I think Don Haskins was still the, the head coach. That's how old I am. I was really young at the time, um, but it's been too long. So uh, I'm excited to be here. You know what else is great, Rich, is that, uh, you know, this, uh, the Sun Bowl game, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl is televised every year on, on CBS nationally. Uh, so yep. having that connection is fun, too, because uh, we always get a chance to see around December uh, the main team come into town and now getting a chance to do it part of that CBS sports family. Uh, that's also uh, pretty cool. Yeah, and that's, you know, uh, every year you hear about the, the, the group, the production group announcers that, that come uh ness and, and uh gary are the the main guys that have been able to do that game um the last few years so uh, everybody loves coming here this is a great town it's a it's a the sun bowl is still a great event and um yeah it's cool i you know i was here too uh in minor league baseball john teicher will attest to this uh in 1989 i was the voice of the wichita wranglers and he was the voice of the uh, diablos and they played at the the great Dudley Dome, and every I just remember every game I I called in the Dudley Dome was just crazy wild, sixteen to twelve, you know, lots of runs, all kinds of fun. So, oh yeah, plus um, uh, that means Paul Strelzin was the uh, PA voice uh, of the Diablos, and uh, everybody knew the Strels just from his style. So you had a chance to experience that firsthand. There you go, uh, and I survived, so it was good. Um, <laughs> no, and they like minor league baseball's changed a lot. So I, uh, I understand there's no more Diablos. There's plenty of Chihuahuas and, and a great new facility. But that that Dudley Dome was uh, one of the charms of my minor league uh, career as I was climbing up. Well, Rich, you played college ball. Did you ever get a chance to play pro ball, or did you pretty much go straight from minor league ball into the booth, or from college uh, ball, I should say, into the booth? Somewhat. Um, you know, I was uh, when I came out of UC Davis. I was a good college player, not a great one, uh, but wanted. Obviously, everybody dreams of playing the major leagues. There were no independent leagues back then, so if you didn't get drafted by a uh, major league organization, uh, you you were done. And I didn't get drafted, but I did get an offer to play what was then sort of what semi pro ball 
is now in Wichita uh, for the Wichita Broncos in the NBC uh, league, which was a semi-pro league for you know guys that didn't get drafted and guys that had been released or whatever. At the same time, I had a quarter uh, to finish my uh, academics at UC Davis. Uh, they, ha- they, didn't, they did not have broadcasting, but they did have a student station, and that student station did football and basketball. And I, um, I, you know, I wanted to get to the big leagues, and I decided maybe I'll be a broadcaster. I was stupid enough to think I could do that. And um, signed, you know, went and, and, uh, and applied for that position of doing play-by-play on the student station for that one quarter and got the position surprisingly. And the chancellor uh, said, as I you know, told him, I said, hey, this is going to be great. I'm going to go play this summer in, in the Midwest and I'll be back, you know, come September for football. And he said, um, actually, if you want to do the games, you have to stay this summer and sell some advertising. So I had to make a decision between going and, and my hitting coach, a guy named Rich Childs, Got, was the head coach of that um, team in, in Wichita, the manager, I guess. And so I had to tell Childs, you know what, I think I've got a better shot at getting the big leagues as a broadcaster than a player. And it worked out because he got fired like about three weeks into his uh, run there in Wichita. But the, 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 the good news was that I, I was able to get some broadcasting experience. UC Davis football is and, and was really, really good. They had two terrific coaches on those teams um uh coach peterson and coach hawkins both um you know chris peterson at boise state and at university of washington dan hawkins at boise state and then at university of colorado and there was a shooting guard uh on the basketball team by the name of jason rabideau who had has certainly has a tie to uh, utep as well so that got me that, and then I ended up doing minor league hockey and minor league baseball, and uh, more minor league baseball. I climbed through single A, double A, triple A, and I was on my way. That's amazing. I love the stories because uh, over the years, you not only work at CBS Sports and, and CBS Sports Network, but you work. Uh, you, you've done lots of baseball, the Angels, the Marlins, uh, plenty of Fox games as well. So uh, that's awesome. You know, whenever we get a chance to bring voices on, we don't usually get to explore their past, Rich. And uh, you've got a heck of a past, which is why I think it's really cool that we started it off like this and kind of uh, talk about how instead of playing a pro ball, you ended up as a pro announcer. Very nicely done. And uh, congratulations. Congratulations on what's been for you. I'm sure a terrific broadcast career. No, it's been great. I mean, I would not, you know, some guys are able to step right in uh, to big league jobs and and major network jobs, but not going to a broadcasting school and not really deciding I wanted to do it till I was 22 or 23. Uh, I had to take the long route, but I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade that. You know, my seven, six, seven years in the minor leagues, I learned an awful lot. Uh, It was graduate school for me and, Climbing through the you know the bottom to the to where I am now is is uh, lots of friends, lots of great experience, and wouldn't trade it. So yeah, very proud of it. I, I appreciate the the kind words. Rich Waltz joining us here on Sports Talk. He'll be with Aaron Taylor and then Cherie Burris uh, on the sideline for tonight's uh, broadcast on CBS Sports Network between the Miners and the Broncos. All right, so UTEP is one and three, as you know. Boise State two and one. 
last year. This game got out of hand in a hurry, so the Miners are trying to not just avenge last season's loss, but turn around their 2022 season, especially after falling to New Mexico. You've watched a lot of film uh, of both teams. Uh, You tell me, what have you picked up as you've really started to dig in on uh, these two programs uh, as they get ready to battle it out in a couple hours? Well, let's start with UTEP. I think they're better than their record at one and three. Um, seven turnovers at New Mexico really, you know, it's hard to judge a team when you, you turn it over that many times in a 27 to 10 loss. But, but watching on tape on that game, you could tell UTEP has players and, and makes, makes plays. If they just take care of the football, uh, it's, a, it's a totally different game. Uh, that being said, you know, look, they've got a, almost everybody back from last year, a, a team that went 7-6 and six and 4-4. Four and four. Uh, I think for both teams, you have terrific quarterbacks. Hardison's got a big arm, had an outstanding year last year. Hank Bachmeyer uh, has been a proven winner at Boise State. But I think both teams uh, really want to establish the run tonight, just you know, looking at, at tape and, and studying up. Boise State has always been better when they have a, a dominant running back, and they've had guys that and still have two guys playing in the National Football League. You know, go back to all the way back to Doug Martin and Jay Ajayi and, and uh, Jeremy McNichols and Alexander Madison are in the NFL right now. George Halani is that type of guy. If they can keep him healthy, their offense runs so much better if, if they are running the football. And I think for UTEP is the same deal. Their offensive line is enormous and talented. And they should be able to run the football. Um, when you when you fall behind like they've done in a few games, you know that run game gets abandoned pretty quickly. I, I would be uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if if UTEP you know turns to Ronald Awat and and turns to that big offensive line and tries to establish things uh, right away. Defensively, I like UTEP a lot. There's some really good playmakers out there: Kobe Hilton, uh, Tyrese Knight. Uh, Cal Wallerstedt is playing out of his mind right now. Um, that's a that's a good defense, and it, it's um, it, it should have better numbers than it than it has right now. And, and if the offense can help keep it off the field, I think they'll perform better. Boise State's defense is really good too. Their front uh, four, uh, their linebackers, uh, they've got a playmaker in JL Skinner, um, who was their leading tackler last year. So as much as you want to be sexy and say they're going to throw it all over the place. And, and Boise State is, is creative offensively, and UTEP does have a, a quarterback who can uh, get it down the field and a, and a receiver in Tyron Smith who can certainly stretch the field. I think the running game uh, is what jumps out at, at me tonight. And whoever establishes it first, and, and I think both coaches and teams probably want to be able to control the ball, control the clock, um, and UTEP certainly wants to erase the mistakes at New Mexico and, and keep the defense off the field a little more and, and establish the offense, move the sticks. You know, kind of uh, blue-collar football uh, should open up the deep shots for UTEP and the creativity for Boise. You know, you mentioned J.L. Skinner, uh, Richie, 6'4", 220. He's a beast out there in the defensive backfield. What have you seen on tape from George Tarles, the defensive end, who also ah. 6'3", 255? Tell me a little bit about him. He's a kind of a mystery guy, at least coming in. First of all, he's from Greece. You don't see too many football players from Greece. Um, transferred in from Weber State. 
Uh, Weber State's really good. Uh, they're, I believe, a top 10 team uh, in, in that division right now. He's really helped their, their passing uh, rush. Uh, he's been able to get to the quarterback. They've, um, they've already got 22 tackles for loss, uh, and he's got four of them. So Tarlis is really good. Scott Matlock is good. Look for um, – they like to bring Herbert Gums in, a big 302-pounder, uh, uh, and, and pair him with Matlock, who's a, a 6'4", 300-pounder in the middle of that uh, defensive line. And that's – you know, looking, you're looking at a really big and, and talented UTEP offensive line against a really uh, talented uh, defensive front for Boise State. So – They've always had a kind of an edge rusher, a guy that can get to the quarterback and Tarlis and, and um, Dimitri Washington on the other end are guys that, that can do that. You know, Bachmeyer had a career day last year against the Miners. He threw for, it seemed like, a 1,000 yards and just uh, wasn't stopped. And yet, as you mentioned, they like to run the ball. And Bachmeyer, so far in three games this year, is only averaging about 135 passing yards per game, which, you think yep. about it, he more than doubled that against the Miners. So I'm interested to see if they really send it back to the air and test the defensive backs. Or, like you mentioned, uh, the Miners have struggled against the run this year. They have not been good with good running teams. And that's why uh, I could definitely see Boise trying to establish that run to set up Bachmeyer in the passing game. Yeah, and Bachmeyer's an interesting story in, because they had a game similar to uh, UTEP's at New Mexico. Boise had a game uh, that at Oregon State in which it was just, just an awful start. Bachmeyer actually got pulled from that game, threw two picks, lost a fumble deep in his own end zone, was missing guys, just really uncharacteristic of him. Kalen Green came in and relieved him. Bachmeyer, though, last two weeks, much better, much more efficient. Five touchdowns, one pick, 65% completion percentage. You know, they don't have Khalil Shakir, uh, an NFL who's with the Bills now on the outside. Shakir was like their do-everything. He was a go-to wide receiver. He made incredible catches, a playmaker. They got the ball to him in space, either with, uh, you know, quick screens, uh, fly sweeps. Uh, they're without him, and they don't really have that dynamic playmaker that's established on the outside for Bachmeyer, which means, uh, and to your point, that they'll probably you know, try to establish that run. They need to keep him upright, too. He was, last year, the most hit quarterback in all of NCAA football. No quarterback got hit more than he did, which is not an award you want to you know, pick up at the Home Depot Awards show at the end of the year um so they got to keep him upright too and that's you know certainly something that utep has, has looked at on film i would guess is can we get to him and, and can we disrupt that passing game that way it's gonna be a lot of fun tonight when they kick off seven o'clock weather's gonna be beautiful rich waltz uh, with his team consisting of aaron taylor as his analyst and sheree burris on the sidelines will be calling it uh, on cbs sports network tonight between the miners and uh, boise state enjoy yourself while you're in town if you haven't been back in 20 plus go get some uh, delicious mexican food while you're here so you oh, can really hey, take advantage I'm way way ahead of you. Last night I went down to I believe it's called the L and J Cafe. Very nice, very nice. And um, any place that's in a neighborhood next to a cemetery uh, <laughs> is going to be good. And that place was just awesome. I had a great time uh, last night. So, no, I, I'm, it's it's great to be back. It's great to see uh, El Paso again. And it's always a, you know like I said as a broadcaster I've been able to do games in a lot of the, the cool venues that you grow up as a kid and a, 
you know, college uh, student, sports fan watching. And this is one that's not, I haven't been able to check off my list, but I will tonight. Sunbowl Stadium uh, is going to be really cool to, to be out there. I love the outdoor suites that they have. We were walking up to the booth yesterday, and up on that third level, they've got these outdoor suites that just look awesome. And if, you know, if, if we could sneak down there and have a beverage and some, you know, some food, that might be nice at halftime, too. So you never know. Uh, I think Cherie might be the one that gets advantage of that. That's for sure. <laughs> Probably. Probably. No, look, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, thanks for having me on. And, and um, I'm hoping for, you know, as, as announcers uh, on, a, on a network telecast, whether it's baseball or basketball or football, all we root for is a close game. Uh, that's what I'm rooting for tonight. That makes us uh, the same as well. We appreciate it. Rich, thanks for the time. Enjoy yourself tonight. All right. Thank you. Rich Waltz, folks, uh, he'll be calling it uh, on CBS Sports Network. Come back with more right after Charlie won. He's back with this traffic update as Sports Talk continues. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. 24 past the hour. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. You know the music. It's the one and only. The Foss. Steve Foster. Wow. We go from Babe Laufenberg to the Foss in back-to-back hours? That's unbelievable. It's Cowboys legends right there. Well, one. I mean, really, one out of two is not bad, You're right? You're right. Foss, Foss being the one, and then Babe. Yeah, he's almost a legend. Oh, with my the God. <laughs> uh. I love it. I love it. I don't, but that's good. That's really good. Foss, welcome back, man. Good to hear from you. And uh, what do you know? The Cowboys pulled a rabbit out of their hat last week. Yeah, they did. And uh, they, they did well defensively. Six sacks on Joe Burrow. You got to lead. As, as, as I said, it comes down to your defense and truly your quarterback play. Everybody else, we're just side notes to a heck of a game. Um, and Dallas did it. And Cooper Rush. Uh, the, it wasn't too big for him at home, and he got it done. So kudos to all involved and to hang in there. That's one victory. You know, if you can kind of eke out one to two more, that sets up Dallas very well. And you could possibly get it on the road on Monday night. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm with you on that one. Um, listen, we've got uh, now Cooper Rush. Riding a little momentum. Cowboys in a Monday night battle against the undefeated Giants. What more could you want in week three of the NFL? I think, I think that's right. Because really, the big talk, <laughs> I hate to say it, is the Philadelphia Eagles, as well as they've played already. And as you say, though, an undefeated Giants team on a Monday night? I mean, when's the last time that happened? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. In a big way. So Big what way. I say, what I say, is you got to keep the pressure on the Giants again using Pollard and Zeke. Uh, I believe you get Michael Gallup possibly this week. Um, but again, CD Lamb got to take control. Uh, Schultz got a little banged up, but I think he's all right. Uh, Cooper Rush has to make good decisions. Gets an extra day of understanding. Uh, it's not about practice. I think it's more for a quarterback of knowing where to go with the football, finding the matchup that best suits you each and every play. 
That's why you jump out of a play. That's why you switch the side of a play because you're looking before that play clock runs out for the matchup given down in distance. 100%. 100%. And when the Cowboys jumped out early against the Bengals, they were riding that momentum all the way through the second half, even though they didn't score in the second half uh, another uh, touchdown. Well, again, they rode behind that defense. You, you, it, there's nothing better than a good defense. There really isn't. Because people get excited about getting off the field, getting a stop, having the punter come out, turnover on downs. Your offense is just going to run out there and, you know, try to get as greedy as possible and, and, and getting, that, getting that rock moved down the field. You know, as the great Hank Stram said, matriculate the ball down the field. Plain and simple. That's Thank why you. I love offense, Cappy. It's not complex. Foss, I want to ask you a question about the Giants. Why do you think uh, things are working early on for Brian Dable, and why do you think things didn't work for uh, somebody like J- uh, Jason Garrett? Uh, because, you know, it starts at the top, and maybe Joe Judge and, and everybody didn't jive as well. True. You know, um, that's no knock. I'm sure Joe Judge and Jason can find teams where they can thrive. I mean, you know, but for the offense last year, things weren't clicking. No. I mean, that's it's it, it happens. Um, they were banged up, but still, um, you got to respond, and they did. Foss, do you believe in Daniel Jones as a bona fide starting quarterback in this league, or are you still a little skeptical? Do you still want to see more from him? I think I think Daniel Jones is a starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't know how high I rate him, but I, I think he can be one of the, you know, 32, probably, you know, bottom third, but that's still pretty darn good in the, in the world of starting quarterbacks. Are you one of those guys who just says with somebody like Saquon Barkley, he's he could have a great game at any given game? Like, are are you a believer in Saquon Barkley, or uh, same thing, same kind of question with Daniel Jones? Are you still a little skeptical when it comes to Saquon? Talent wise, Saquon is there. It's your body and what it can stand and withstand, and you know nobody who's injured is great. <laughs> And so you just got to stay healthy. And sometimes people who are healthier become better because they're on the field, because they can take a hit and get back into the, you know, huddle and, and keep going. Um, you can run your 4 240 and be 230 or whatever, but if you can't stay on the field, it's tough to say you're a great presence because half of it is being able to play when you're needed. More with the Foss as we continue here in a moment. Bottom of the hour. Let's get right back to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. Thank you very much. Uh, we're back right now with the Foss. Steve Foster as we continue here on Sports Talk. Bottom of the hour right now. And again, Cowboys Giants Monday night. It's a big one for Dallas. They win their two and two. They would also hand the Giants uh, their first. Actually, they win their two and one. And they would hand the Giants their first loss of uh, 2022. So, uh, that being said, when you look at the Giants, it hasn't exactly been impressive, but they've been getting it done, and uh, nobody really expected New York to be 2-0 at this point, Foss. I agree with you. Um, but, you know, again, that's why you play the games, and if you can get away with getting some early wins, it's always helpful because, again, you then wind up playing against a division rival 
in a big game on a Monday, and you feel pretty good, you know, because you haven't seen that defeat. Sometimes a lot of it is between the ears, not, you know, arms and legs and the rest of the body. So if you can believe, you know, somebody makes a play here or there, uh, it, it could get real interesting on Monday. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing I'm, I'm looking forward to the most, especially if, you know, and, and this is the one thing Babel Offenberg mentioned earlier, all Cooper Rush needs to be really as a game manager, right? And just just take care of the football. Does that, makes the right throws, makes the right plays. He doesn't have to while you with the spectacular to win. No, no. They pay a lot of other people to be spectacular, not him. What they pay him to do actually is to be a distribution center, you know? Get it to Zeke, get it to CD, get it to Pollard, get it to Schultz. Yeah, Noah Brown. Noah Brown, sneaky. 100-yard games, you know, almost there. And and very effective, you know, primarily known as a special teams guy. But I mentioned him last week. He did He did as well. Absolutely. He did. How about Michael Gallup? Uh, what's the word on him coming back this weekend? You know, he'd love to have him. Um, the question is, can he get on the field? Um, I think he may uh, be able to get, get it going. I think that it would be a huge boost because you couldn't roll your coverage more towards CD. Now, Dalton Schultz, and if you can get Zeke and Pollard uh, out there. But again, Noah Brown, it, 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 don't sleep on a guy just because he's not heralded. A good football player doesn't have to be all-world. That's you know, true. There's some there's some solid football players that have played a long time, and you know were they you know all pro? No, but they did what they needed to do, and they were a help to the greatest team sport on the planet. Absolutely, absolutely. So, all right. When it's all said and done, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Cowboys go get them. You know, um, I, I got to ride. I got to ride with the team that you know I, I feel comfortable with. I I think Daniel Jones is probably going to get pressured enough that the talent that he's throwing against the talent that he's moving around to be able to find passing lanes probably beats what he's seen in the first two games. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and Dallas can play some press coverage, which then helps give the front seven a chance or a step more to get closer to Daniel Jones. So if you play off a receiver, you know, you can run a combination route and you can guess right and not have pressure in your face. If your receiver has to, fight to get off the line, three-tenths of a second could be the difference between Micah Parsons sacking you and hitting you, disrupting a play, or you getting something away that could possibly be caught by your own receiver. Yeah. I like the fact you're going, uh, Cowboys, in a tight one. You think it would be low scoring, uh, maybe a game uh, in the teens or 20s? I-, I do. However, what we talked about at the beginning of the season that we haven't seen just yet is maybe a special teams breakout. Um, that would be interesting on a Monday night, but I think you're right. I think this is a 24-20 type affair. 
I think so too. I think that's about right. Twenty four twenty. What about you, Adrian? What do you think? You know, I like the twenty four twenty take. I think that maybe the Cowboys can expose the Giants a little bit. I'm still not as sold on the Giants as other people are. So maybe I'll go. Um, I'll go ten point. I'll go hmm. thirty to twenty. I'll go thirty twenty in the Cowboys' favor. Thirty to twenty. All right. I don't know. I mean, you really think that? Uh, I don't know if those two teams can score fifty points combined. That's a lot of points. Yeah, very true. Maybe it's like maybe it's like twenty to ten. Maybe I think that, like that. I think I yeah. can see that. I I do. But I mean, if it's thirty to twenty, you're a genius. So that's good. That really is. We'll take genius away from Boy Wonder. Telling you, he always gives you your theme song when you start. That means that 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 gives you added uh, added brownie points, doesn't it? It does. That's right. It does. That's right. All right. Uh, what uh, what high school game you have tonight? A battle of undefeated. Dripping Springs Tigers moving up from 5A to 6A versus the Bowie Bulldogs. Both undefeated in district play. And my Bulldogs, 2-0 in district. Drip, as they are called, 1-0. We're 4-0. They are 3-0. A lot of people around town like them. Uh, In the Austin top 10, they're third. We're 10th. I'm kind of a little bit feeling like, you know, disrespected a little bit, but tonight we'll see exactly what uh, what the deal is. All right. Looking forward to it, my man. Enjoy it. Thanks Absolutely. for the time, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you right back here next week. Can't, can't wait to talk to you all again. Hope all is well. I don't know if you saw the uh, Facebook page, but I put the I put Chico's Tacos as my cover as my cover photo. Just feeling like home for a minute. So. Got to come home, Foss. That's the, that's the thing. We do. We do. We got to get there, man. Um, let's talk about that. Uh, can't wait to see y'all again. You too, Foss. All right, be well, man. We'll see you soon. Likewise. All right, there he is, the Foss, Steve Foster, joining us here as we continue on Sports Talk. All right, uh, 21 in front of six. Come back to wrap up hour two, and still a lot more coming up before we wrap it up here on our uh, Friday edition of the program. It's all happening, 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue 47 past the hour. The great ACDC, Bon Scott, the Jack, as we continue. Man, minor football, about to get started in an hour and 13 minutes. Hey, are you tip first and 10? It's going to be coming up here at the top of the hour before we get to Hags and story time. First and 10 brought to you by Specs, Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. Hey, they've been around since 1962, folks. Texas family-owned and operated, not to mention that uh, if you're looking for that uh, extra special experience for your UTEP watch party or delegate for tonight, all you got to do is go to Specs, Wine, Spirits, Finer Foods. In fact, they have one right by the university 2525 North Mesa Street. It's our stop whenever we're looking for those great items. Adrian, doesn't matter what it is. Could be beer, could be wine, could be liquor, could be food. Because they have terrific sauces, they've got great bread, and uh, all sorts of things that you don't even realize until you get a chance to walk into the store. You can make specs up. you're do it all for your tailgate party. No, that's exactly right, Steve. And tomorrow, I'm going to be having my own home gate. There's a UTEP game tonight. That means college football game tomorrow. Uh, and the great thing about Specs is there's a Specs right by UTEP. That's right, 2525 North Mesa, right by uh, the university. You could check out Specs if you're looking up to freshen up your happy hour skills with some new seasonal cocktails. You just go online to specsonline.com for a ton of recipes handpicked by the Specs mixologist. 
religious experts themselves. I'm with you on that one. I am with you. So I'm excited about that. Looking forward to uh, UTEP first and 10, 10 minutes from now, and then Hags coming up. Hey, you know, the Yankees are playing the Red Sox tonight, and it's possible that Aaron Judge cranks out one, two home runs. He could tie or break Maris, and the game is on Apple+. Plus. It is not seen anywhere else. There are a lot of people upset with the fact that tonight's game is not anywhere besides Apple+. Plus. Now, understand this. Apple paid big bucks for this television contract they have with Major League Baseball. And it just so happens that tonight's game is falling in line with potentially uh, a record in the American League that hasn't been broken since 1961. And, you know, I don't want to say that's the breaks, but, I mean, I know people are upset. Hey, you could spend four ninety nine a month and get Apple Plus. If you wanted to, you could buy it for a month for five bucks. You've got tonight's game just in case it happens. And I mean, let's be honest, we're not exactly talking about people having to break the bank here to see this game. I know fans are some 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 critics are feeling like, how could baseball do this? They're they're wrong. This and that. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's all about rights. Hey, yesterday's football game was only on on Amazon Prime. So guess what? If you don't have Amazon Prime, you're not watching that game yesterday. That is what sports has become these days. Big-time money, big-time streaming services, and guess what? Um, You know, if you don't want to do it, that's fine, but don't be complaining that you're not going to get it on some other provider because otherwise, what's the point of Apple spending money to put their games on their deal? This is it. This just happens to be a coincidence. Now, could Apple had said have said, you know what, we're going to take this game and also put it on the MLB network so everybody that has MLB can see it? They could have, but you know what, this is this is a big deal for them, and I'm willing to bet that there's a lot of baseball fans that'll buy Apple TV for one month just to get a chance to see if Judge is going to do it tonight. Yeah, or even the free trial if there is one. That's you know, true. That's one of the things is like it's all these streaming platforms, and we had kind of prefaced this all week long, thinking if this drags out into Friday, uh, a lot of fans will not be able to see it if it happens on Friday because it's Apple TV Plus. Right. It's always a double header that they have every Friday. Uh, I like the broadcast that they have on Apple TV Plus, so I'm not knocking that one bit. I think the prime coverage got a little bit better last night compared to week one, uh, but that's just the future. That's the future of uh, sports streaming is is uh, all on all these different uh, platforms. 100%. 100%. So we'll keep an eye on that one, and if something big happens uh, in the game, we will be sure to uh, let you know and even maybe give you the audio of the call. That would be a lot of fun, too, since right now uh, we are dealing in a one nothing Red Sox game, bottom of the third inning. If Judge is going to do it, he's going to have to do it against Rich Hill, who he's already struck out against. And the Yankees have Marwin Gonzalez, Aaron Hicks, and Aaron Judge to uh, bat in the uh, bottom of the third inning. So that's what's uh, that's who's due up against Rich Hill right now in this one nothing game. And Judge is going to be batting third this inning. So we'll find out what happens as we send it over to Luis, who joins us next on the phone lines. Luis, what's happening, baby? How are you? My brother, you know, I will never forget... I was a kid in 1961. Love it. I've been a cow. I mean, a cowboy fan and a Yankee fan since 1961. Well, that's with the Cowboys, with the Yankees since 1958. That's how young I am. Man, good for 58. I, I like that. Yes, sir, Bob. I will never forget that homer by Roger Maris. In fact, I just received. Two trading cards 
from Mickey Mantle, the Mick, and from Roger Maris. And I want to show you guys, both of you, my album of sports for trading cards. Look at that. What you, you by the way, have- by the way, what what uh just out of curiosity, if you just obtain the mantle and the Maris, what are those uh, are those vintage tops cards? Are they newer cards? What are they? Well, one of them is, is a vintage. Okay. The other one is you have to see it, but you have to see my album. It's a thick album. It comprehends everything, man. A football, basketball. Well, I like you that. name it. So you've got so you've got vintage you got vintage trading cards all over the place. Is what you're telling me. Yes, because I've been uh, doing it for years and years. Good Anyways, for you. okay, I-, I love you guys. I know that you s- receive what I humble with, with with humility what I send to you every yes. day. Yes, yes, ex- I do. I- By the way, Shabbat Shalom, Luis. Shalom and go Cowboys! I hope they win. Awesome. Take care, Luis. Thank you very much. Rosh Hashanah starts Sunday night, folks. That is the uh, start of the Jewish New Year. Oh, nice. Rosh Hashanah Sunday Great. into Monday. Then we've got uh, all sorts of things going on. It's going to be it's going to be big. Do you have plans? Um, I do, actually. Yes. Nice. That's great. Dinner Sunday night. Absolutely. Probably hit Temple on uh, on Monday. Yeah, it's going to be big. So looking forward to that, you know. Celebrate with some wine. Some uh, some great food, and then you know we've got um, the high, it's not this is called the high holidays. These are like the biggest holidays uh, that we have. So yeah, it's going to be big. great. That's that's absolutely, exciting. Absolutely. All right, look, we've got about thirty minutes to go, including UTEP first and ten and story time with Hags. It's all coming up right here, six hundred ESPN El Paso.